Welcome to Ranch Hope Radio's The Wondrous Story, a 30-minute show and podcast brought to you from the Ranch Hope Ministry in Southern New Jersey. Your host today is Reverend Dave Bailey Sr., the founder of Ranch Hope Radio. For over 65 years, Ranch Hope Radio has shared a message of hope and expectation of success with listeners from around the world. We hope that you are not only going to enjoy this time together, but pray God's message of hope will impact your life today. So let's get started. Here's today's Wondrous Story. It's our weekend program, 30-minute message from the Word of God. Dave Bailey with you, the founder of The Ranch. So happy you're listening in. Our broadcast is on seven days a week. Sundays, it's a 30-minute message from the Word. The rest of the week, of course, is news, music, and a devotional thought. All from Ranch Hope in our 66th year of radio. Yes, to God be the glory. Thank you, Eutychus. Great things he's done. A message today, so set your radio, listen in. If you're driving along in your car, listening on the computer or on the station, we hope that every thought we share with you will be a blessing. Ranch Hope, a residential treatment center, body, mind, and spirit all addressed at the ranch. Praise God. Roger Garrison is our chaplain, head of our spiritual program, does a great work with our young people, but the staff in general help immensely with getting our young people committed to our Lord, getting back on the right track educationally, in vocational work, whatever, overcoming those emotional problems that many young people have to face today. So on the top of the list, from all of us at the ranch, pray much for us in our important work of reaching at-risk young people. Now our message on this Sunday, important thoughts from the Word of God. From how many times? Numbers. I don't know how many times I've ever preached from numbers. It's not one of my biggies. Or Leviticus or numbers, I don't really go big on that. But anyway, if you want to turn to numbers, which is very close to uh, the uh, front of the Bible, uh, Old Testament. Let me read a couple of verses of Scripture from Numbers. Let's go to the 13th chapter. Let's go to the 13th chapter. Part of it's in the 14th, but I'm not going to read all that. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in that land, and they have cities that are fortified. And these people are very great. And moreover, we saw the children. The Amalekites dwell in this land, the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, the Megabites. Just thought I'd throw that in. Stay with me, folks. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let's go over there at once and possess that land. We're well, we're well able to overcome that land. But the other spies that went up with him said, We're not able to go against those people. They're stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched. They said, this land that we went through, the inhabitants are gigantic. They're big of stature. They're giants. We saw them as giants, all these people. And in our own sight, we're like grasshoppers compared to those people. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for camp meeting again. Thank you for this opportunity on Labor Day weekend 
to share the gospel. Thank you for the beautiful music, the inspiring music we've heard for the time that we're together. Lord, make it a great weekend, another good weekend in the history of this camp meeting. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts and our minds be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, all God's people said, amen. amen. Good, come on, help me out. Well, somebody said to me today, it's really neat that we're, we're really glad you started this Labor Day weekend, these services, because it's kind of uh, an addendum to camp meeting, and it brings us back again, and we have something to look forward to. I want to talk to you this weekend about getting a blessing on Labor Day weekend. A blessing. I heard recently about the preacher where they were going through a, a severe drought. The entire area, the farmers were losing money, the businesses were losing money that depended upon the farmers. A terrible drought. And so the preacher decided this particular Sunday morning that he would have a prayer meeting for rain. All they were going to do to pray until it rained. And they all came. And the preacher got up before them and said, have you come for a blessing? And they all said, yes, pastor, yes. Have you come to pray for rain? Yes, pastor, rest, yes. Are you expecting it to rain? Yes, pastor, yes. And then the question, how many of you brought umbrellas? If you're going to expect a blessing, bring the umbrella. You see, we can go to church with a cup up or the basket up, or we can have it upside down. If we come expecting a blessing, we're going to get it. If we come with a cup upside down, the basket upside down, we'll go out with the basket upside down and the cup upside down. I tell the boys many times at the ranch, if you come to chapel on Sunday morning, Expecting me to bore you, I will bore you. I will bore you to tears. But if you young people come expecting God to do something in your life, like happened for you, God will do something. And it's going to be that way this weekend. Now, some of you look like you need a blessing. Some of you look like just the end of July, it's coming downhill, I tell you. You need a blessing. Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. Showers of blessings. I looked for it in the hymnal and I couldn't find it. For some reason, I was amazed. I thought we had that showers of blessings. If you find it, let me know, but I couldn't find it. Now, don't look during the sermon, please, because I don't want you to be distracted. I couldn't find showers of blessing, but uh, anyway, I want to talk to you about showers of blessing. Now, let's get the picture. Let's get the story. Moses sends 12 spies out. You've heard the story in Sunday school. You've maybe heard a sermon on it. Moses sent the 12 spies out to see what it's like in Canaan, to see what it's like. And the spies come back, and we get a mixed review. Ten of the spies that come back say, it's terrible. It's terrible. They're giants. Oh, we can't take over this land. It's a land of milk and honey. We know that. But all these other people are in control. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. Now, that's the one message that came. Now, Joshua and Caleb come, and they got a different message. They say, listen, they may be like giants. They may be big people. It's a land of milk and honey. And God brought us this far. 
We can take it. Now, folks, I don't care whether you're in a business organization, a ministry like Ranch Hope, a local church, a camp meeting, a family. You can get divided between the optimist and the pessimist, the guys that are always seeing the rain and always the other guys always seeing the sunshine. It's in every family, every business. You're going to get two different stories many times, and you have to make your choice which you're going to listen to. They're like giants, we can't go in, or the Lord's with us, we're going to go in. Which are you going to listen to? Somebody asked me one time, was Jesus a pessimist or an optimist? And my favorite answer, and I got it in seminary, some, it's not original with me, I like it. Was Jesus an optimist or a pessimist? And the professor said this, he was neither one, he was a realist. Jesus was a realist. Sometimes you see the glass half full, and sometimes you see the glass half empty. All around us, folks, there are things that can make us very optimistic about life, and there are things that can make us very pessimistic about life. Unfortunately, when they came back with a pessimistic story, they're giants, you know what happened to the rest of the Jews. All the rest of them said, we should have stayed in Egypt. We should have never followed this dumb guy Moses. Let's go back to Egypt. We're not going to be able to go into the promised land. Let's go back. I want to tell you, you know as well as I do, very often the pessimist wins the battle. The guy with the bad news, for some reason, wins us over. And it's tough sometimes. Let's go back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't want to go back to Egypt. You were slaves in Egypt. We don't care. We were better off in Egypt living in slavery than we are right now. I love that story of the black preacher just after Emancipation Proclamation. A friend said to him, Preacher, you know you'd rather be a slave again. When you were a slave, the master took care of you, put a roof over your head, fed you, took care of your kids. Wouldn't you really like to be a slave again? The old black preacher said, son, there's a certain looseness about this freedom that I likes. <laughs> Woo! Yes, brothers and sisters. Who wants to go back to Egypt? We don't want to go back to Egypt. We don't want to go back. We want to stay with what God wants us to do. But I tell you, it was tough, and Moses had a battle on his hands. Well, there's interesting ways that God can change people's minds. There's interesting ways that God can bring revival. Interestingly enough, we jump ahead 40 years, and all the spies that were pessimistic have died off. And old Caleb and Joshua, and by the way, that's a great name, Joshua. Anybody here like that name Joshua over on this section? Would you raise your hands, please? You know why they like Joshua? Marge just had a little grandson named Joshua. Let's praise the Lord for little Joshua. All right. I want you to remind him as he grows up that it means Jesus, uh, that God saves, and also it's the same Hebrew name for Jesus. So we got a little Jesus in the Hammond family. Praise God. Anyway, well, it's not the Hammond family. What's the new name? Harry. Harry. Harren. I got. I understood that. You don't think I can hear? Harren. Right. I knew that. Joshua Harren. Never mind. We'll do it later. Okay. Good. 
my bad ear. But anyway, we got Joshua. Now, Caleb and Joshua, here they are. They're still alive. This is cool. They're still alive. All the bad news bears are dead. I was a young preacher at Bridgeton. I remember we had a Methodist evangelist come up from North Carolina. His name was Jimmy Johnson. Great preacher. Had tent meetings in those days behind, Burl, uh, behind the hall there in uh, City Hall in Bridgeton. And I remember him saying something in a sermon. He said this. He said, you know, sometimes every church needs a backdoor revival. Now, I had no idea what he was talking about when, as a young preacher. I had no idea what he's talking about with a backdoor revival. I know what revival is when God really stirs the church up and people get renewed and get revived and people are getting saved and Christians are growing in grace. I know what a front-door revival is, but what's a backdoor revival? So I asked Jimmy what it meant. A backdoor revival is when God takes those who are negative out the back door or to heaven, which either way. But God has a way of bringing backdoor revivals, and all the negativists are gone. They're gone. I first started the ranch. You'll love this one. I had a judge take me up above his chambers in the Salem courthouse, and the head of the detectives for the Sharptown branch of the state detectives take me upstairs. We had 12 boys, and five of them were being taken from us and sent to reform school. We had failed with those five. And the judge looked at me, and the state trooper looked at me and says, Bailey, Reverend Bailey, you go back to the pulpit. Let us take care of the delinquents. I knew what that meant, incarceration. Let us take care of the delinquents, Reverend Bailey. You go back to the pulpit. Well, folks, that was 45 years ago. The judge, I hope, is with the Lord. I've never been sure about that judge, but I hope he's with the Lord. And the head of the detectives, I hope he's with the Lord. I was never sure about him either. But anyway, they both left us. And Ranch Hope is still here. You see, sometimes God has to perform a backdoor revival. He has to take those who are seeing the giants and who make us feel like grasshoppers, who make us feel like going back to Egypt, and God has to bring a backdoor revival. Well, now, look at this. What happens next? The years have gone by, and Caleb goes over to Joshua, and it reminds him, Caleb reminds Joshua now, who's the head of everything now, he says to him, don't forget, God has some promises for you. Have you forgotten? 45 years ago, God made some promises to you. Isn't it about time you took advantage of those promises? Let's go into the promised land. It's time. Now, folks, sometimes I get the feeling we don't really believe that God keeps his promises and secondly, we don't really believe that God still blesses. There are still showers of blessings available. The years have gone by since you accepted the Lord. The years have gone by since you joined church. The years have gone by since you were baptized. But listen to this. The years have gone by since you were confirmed. But listen to this. Maybe you've been missing the blessings. Blessings. 
The years have gone by, and you forgot that God has made a, a promise of a blessing for you. Don't miss that. Sometimes as the years go by, we forget that God's in the blessing business. I like this. I want to share it with you. Somebody said, this generation of Americans have forgotten that God has blessings. They've become so interested in iPods and computers and the stock market and health and this program and that program that the government promises, they've forgotten that God has blessings for us. We've neglected the blessings that come from God because all the blessings, if you want a blessing, if you get sick, you go to the doctor. If you need money, you go borrow from the bank. You see over and over again, who needs God? <laughs> who needs to get blessed by God? When I was in Pittman, we had a young lady who was driving her parents crazy. 17-year-old, senior in high school, in our youth group. Her dad was a professional, and the daughter was driving him crazy. I go to see them, and this is one of those deals where they say, do something with her. You're like, I'm the magic guy, you know. Do something with a 17-year-old girl, you understand? I was 21. I was married to a 21-year-old woman, and I'm going to deal with a 17-year-old teenager? Hello? But I tried to help. I started to counsel. I started to be a good preacher. I tried to counsel as a young minister, talking to a young woman. All of a sudden, she looks at me. She says, Reverend Bailey, I don't want to hear that religion anymore. 17-year-old, little Methodist girl. I don't want to hear that religion anymore. I said, I want to tell you something. When I need clothes, you know where I get them? My mom and dad take me to the best stores that I can go to. Do you know that right now, my father has promised me when I graduate from high school and go to college, he's going to get me a new Buick. She goes on and on and tells me all these things about her life, and then she says, in this picture, Reverend Bailey, who really needs God? Man, I mean, I'm, I'm back like this. What? I, you know, I want to say, where do I go from here? And I didn't know where to go from here. I honestly didn't counsel her well. Let me tell you what happened. She was about a sophomore in college, and her grandmother dies. She comes home from college, and I can still see this. It was at Kelly's funeral home in Pittman. I can still see this young woman, a beautiful service for her beautiful grandmother. And I can still see this young woman run across the room as we're getting ready to close the casket, throw her body across her grandmother. Don't leave me, Grandmom. Don't leave me, Grandmom. Don't leave me, Grandmom. And hugging her. It was the greatest challenge for me not to walk up to this young woman and say, Kathy, you know who needs God now? You see, Kathy, your parents can do a lot for you. They can pay the bills. They can do all this. But let me tell you something. When something like that happens to your grandmother, there's only one person that can help you. Only one person. Can. When the doctor tells you, we can't do anything more for you. Many of you know my good buddy, Norm Skank. Norm Skank, a great buddy of mine in the ministry, was just given two months to live. Norm and his wife have turned to God, of course. But Norm's loved the Lord all of his life. But let me tell you something. Sometimes in this society, we miss the blessings. 
We miss the blessings that God can give us. So Caleb goes to Joshua and says, hey, listen, it's time. But then he takes it one step further. He doesn't just say it's time to get a blessing from God. He says there's a specific blessing God's going to give us. We're going to go into that land of milk and honey finally. After 45 years of waiting, we're going to move out. A specific blessing. Let me tell you something tonight. Or let me ask you something. Is there a specific blessing that you need tonight? Is there something that you've been missing in your spiritual experience over the years? A better prayer life? A better knowledge of the Bible? A better ability to witness and bring people to Christ and share Christ with somebody? Being a better father? Being a better mother? being a better preacher? Is there some blessing maybe that you've been missing that it's about time we got specific with God and said, God, this is what I really need a blessing with tonight. I need some healing. I need a touch from you tonight. I need encouragement tonight, Lord. Things have been going well. Bless me, Lord. We got to get specific. Somebody said one time to me when I said, God bless you, they sneezed. God bless you. And the person said, which one? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the Bible says there's 2,000 blessings God can give you. Now, somebody has researched the Bible more than I have. There are 2,000 blessings in the Bible. So if you sneeze and I say, God bless you, I want you to look at me and say, which one, Dave? Which blessing? You try that. It's a great way to witness. Bless you. Which one? Be specific. Tonight, as I think about our weekend, Labor Day weekend, the showers of blessing, I want to say to all of us, be specific. I read that one about the guy with some crazy people in this world besides me. This guy goes to the bank, and the banker says, Sir, you've overdrawn your account. Your ATM is empty, and you've, you've messed up with your ATM card. You're not meeting your monthly payments on your loan. Bad news, bad news, bad news. And the guy says, I got some good news. And the guy says, how can you have any good news for this bank? He says, I want to keep my account in your bank. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Folks, the world is wacky out there, and that blessing for that guy is not our blessing. I want to keep my account open with God. I want to keep my bank account open so when I go, God doesn't say, who was that again? What was that? Could you give me your social security number? What was that, Bailey? What was that again? Can you give me, can you give me anything? What, your high school you graduated from. By the way, I knew that was Dr. Boone. My wife didn't realize that was a great picture you gave me. Last time I preached about an old teacher I named Brother Boone and Brother Gardner, too, gave me a beautiful picture of him, which I've destroyed. But anyway, not one of my favorite teachers. But anyway, you stop and you think, be specific. God, I'm coming to you wanting a blessing. And the good news is, if Caleb said to Joshua, let's go over, and Joshua looked at Caleb and said this, listen, you're going to get the blessing. We've been waiting 45 years for it, but you're going to get the high country. You're going to go over into the promised land, the land of milk and honey, and you're going to have the high country. Can you imagine waiting five years for a blessing? Can you imagine waiting 10 years for a blessing? 
20 years for a blessing? Come on now. 30 years for a blessing? Wandering in the wilderness? 40 years for a blessing? No, no, no. He waited 45 years, and he got the blessing. And he went into the high country. Folks, it's always interesting who you're going to listen to. Are you going to listen to those negativists that say the giants are out there? Can't take on those giants. Always the negativist is there. I get so sick and tired, Pastor, of somebody saying I'm a Methodist, but. It's almost like we're apologizing. I'm a Methodist, but. I call that the sin of the big butt. I'm a Methodist, but. Oh, no, I'm a Methodist. And here's the reason why, because God has blessed me, and God has blessed this church. And I stop to think of all the blessings our church is missing because we're not calling upon him for the blessings again. I was privileged to know Bill Bright. Some of you may have no idea who Bill Bright is. Bill Bright was the founder of uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. I first went to college. It was the most exciting thing on a college campus Campus Crusade for Christ to reach college kids with the gospel. Bill Bright left business, where he was already a millionaire, left it and started this ministry. Last time I saw Bill Bright, he was all hooked up to tubes, had a big oxygen tank. He had a, a cancer of the lungs and was going downhill very, very rapidly and spoke at our convention. And Bill said this. He said, I know a lot of you out there are feeling sorry for Bill Bright tonight. But I want to tell you, I'm blessed for two reasons. First of all, if this cancer takes me, and eventually my lungs give up and I'm gone, I win. I win. Now, the other side is, if the cancer doesn't take me, and I continue to preach, I win. It's a win-win situation when you know God. Folks, Let's get the blessing this weekend. We're going to go over, and we're not going to see the giants. Unless we see them, we're going to do like David, and we're going to take them down with a slingshot. That's what we have to do, folks, when those giants come along. Oh, do they come along? We have seen many of them, folks. and We praise God that the giants come along, but so does my faith in Almighty God. We've had to knock them down. Can't always listen to those spies who say, Negativity, negativity, never negative, negativity. We got to find some positivity, and the Lord Jesus can give that to us. Hey, I hope you're going to have a great weekend, a good week coming up. Looking forward to having a great month with you. That does it for today. From all of us at the ranch, Dave Bailey saying be good, especially do good today. Great to have you listen in with us today here on The Wondrous Story. And remember, you can listen in anytime to this show and previous shows by visiting the Ranch Hope website, ranchhope.org, and subscribing to our podcast. Perhaps you'd like more information about a topic discussed on today's broadcast. Give us a call today at 888-514-1964. That's 888-514-1964 and extension 120. Or shoot us an email at info at ranchhope.org. Maybe you're seeking additional information about or ways to support our ministry to youth and families here in New Jersey. Again, visit our website, ranchhope.org. 
like our Ranch Hope Facebook page, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We want to thank you for your support of The Wondrous Story. It's by your support that we're able to continue sharing a message of hope and expectation of success.